Hello everybody! Welcome to another episode of Pretty Fly for a Senpai. I'm here with with my other senpais and this 12 pack of Pipu Cola. We're we're ready to go go bounty hunting across the galaxy. I'm Time Muffin. Hello, I'm Shark Wellington, and guys, I made us beef and bell peppers. Again? That's my favorite. <laughs> There's no beef though. Well, what the what? That's illegal. That <laughs> Hold on. Allow me, I'm gonna call Big Shot. We're gonna we're oh, gonna, gonna put a bounty on your head. We, we we crashed the podcast last episode, and so we had to pay for repairs. Oh God. <laughs> uh, I suppose you know fair fair point. <laughs> uh, I'm Hero Night X, and I'm just I'm eating these beef and bell peppers, and where's the beef? Where's the beef? <laughs> Where's the beef? We're talking about we're talking about Cowboy Bebop today, about space bounty hunting and 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 how I'm gonna report Shark Wellington to Big Shot for not putting beef in that beef and bell pepper. Yeah. So three, two, <laughs> one, let's jam. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's such a good. Like legitimately, the whole soundtrack. I felt like I got like. I had nostalgic whiplash at a couple points because I didn't realize, you know, back in the days of Kazaa, it's just music that just has a name for the title of the song and I didn't know where it came from sometimes. Apparently, I was way into anime music without realizing it <laughs> back when I was in middle school. <laughs> and, like, yeah, I just had a whole CD full of, like, this music. So, like, Cats on Mars started playing in the 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 Ed episode, the first one. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, is this where this song is from? Oh, it's taking me back. It's taking me back. I um, started playing through the Cowboy Bebop soundtrack on my phone. Uh, I have YouTube music, and it recommends similar stuff. So I started with just Tank, and over time, it's just kind of taken over my playlist. Uh, it's so good, though. The intro has not aged a day, and it is old enough to drink. Mm-hmm. It's super good. I, I don't know how inspired the Archer introduction was by Cowboy Bebop's intro, but they're so similar that I have to think that there was some overlap there. I haven't seen... It's been a long time since I've seen Archer. I was about but... to say, same. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, it's been a minute. Well, then never mind. <laughs> but I could, I, could, I could totally see that. I, now that I'm thinking about it. Here, let me... Here, I'm just gonna... I just want to look it up real quick. Just so... <laughs> oh, yeah. I see that right here. Oh, uh, Just from yeah. the one picture. That's pretty... That's pretty... Uh, that's pretty close. You know, if I mention that to Jess, she'll probably get it right away. Because she watches Archer like crazy. Yeah, that's pretty... That's pretty good. That is... That is very close. Good eye, shark. Your eyes are good. I like your eyes. <laughs> yeah, your eyes are pretty awesome. It's it's actually a clever ruse. I have to wear contacts. Oh, jeez. Oh. I feel <laughs> betrayed. I I never felt so underhanded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big props to seat belts. Mhm. The jazz band. Yeah, according to Wikipedia, they were Assembled specifically for this anime. Mm -hmm. uh, since then, they were active until 2004, and then they came back in 2020 for uh, some virtual concerts for COVID-19 relief, which is very cool. Uh, apparently, they are still doing something because the Wikipedia says 
dash present. I think they are doing the music for the live action adaptation. Oh yeah, you're thingy. right. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah, they're back. They're back. They're back, baby. They are back, and they are properly buckled in. <laughs> Seatbelts. <laughs> True to their name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the the sound design is such a high point of this anime as well. It's real good. Something that I really appreciated a lot was how much the footsteps add to the the weight of the scenes, I want to say. Mm-hmm. When, when a character is just strolling up to someone else silently, it just... You know, mm-hmm. they, they're all wearing these business shoes, I guess. They've got very distinct uh, shoe on stone. Spike has Spike has heels on practically. True. Well, shoes are. <laughs> he's got lifts. Spike's feet are ginormous. I- uh, <laughs> <laughs> True. He's a very big boy. They just, uh, I don't know why that stuck out to me. Just, just that anytime someone is walking or running anywhere, you hear every single footstep. And that just added so much for me for some reason. It just made it feel so much more real. Yeah. And in it, that's the thing I think about the whole series is because when it was made back in 1998, you know, this was all like the technology that was primarily there, like VHS and not HD TVs. And I don't know the way that they took all of that stuff and made it all futury and spaceshipy without making it, I don't know, like Star Trek, mm-hmm. you know, where it's just like, ethereal screens and buttons and <clears throat> it's something you can it feels more real given that it uh i don't know it has technology based in real life to an extent just makes it feel more tangible from like a setting perspective i think they were going for a more believable science fiction it's not they they aren't synthesizing food from atoms and teleporting themselves from one place to another. I think the anime takes place in 2071. Correct. 2070s. So when this came out, that would have been 75-ish years into the future, mm-hmm. which... Um, <laughs> It's funny the things that they drew on from that present day that don't make sense now because it would have all been phased out. Yep. All their screens are four to three. They got Pipu cans that look like the old style of Pepsi. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the logo doesn't match anymore. They don't have white cans. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. I, I just I did like yeah, it just had a, it had well, currently, you know, watching it in 2021, it's a it had a retro feel to it, but it wasn't like distracting. Like sometimes yes. looking watching old stuff, you're like, oh, it's just it's so the the old the way that they use technology in like these sci-fi things is just so distracting. Mm-hmm. But in this one, it was it felt very lived in, I guess I would say. That is a great word to use. The wor- The world feels very 
alive and a little bit dirty. It's not polished like some sort of future civilizations. It's 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 been destroyed and rebuilt a few times, especially Earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are so many meteor showers that they that those guys that are trying to keep a map have to just drive around constantly. Oh yeah, to keep <laughs> remapping things. When I was uh when I was watching the anime, like with the uh with with the music and uh the just just the the vis- just the way that the cowboy bebop looked in general i i'm not going to lie i teared up because it just made me think what what the hell happened like why how how did anime back in the 90s <laughs> to me look so much better than mm-hmm. like right now when at, at, when they finished like dragon ball super with with like the way that like how some some of the uh the episodes looked so it's it just mm-hmm. blows my mind with every, with us in the future trying to use like CG and all this other stuff to do to do anime when back in the day I I think personally just doing the hand drawn stuff just it looks so much better. They like it was crazy that we went from last episode it was Dragon Maid and mm-hmm. it was the, some of the best like animation for modern anime and then going to this yeah which it had a lot of the same fluid motion in moments that were kind of like little moments even like when they're just hanging out on the ship like you get like 60 fps spike just laying on a couch (laughs) just like moving his like just i don't know playing with his hands fidgeting and then yeah that translates really well into the fights which are also crazily well animated and it's to the point where like I know that it, it's not like a secret. It's pretty ubiquitous, but like one of the fight, I think the fight from the movie gets like plagiarized all the time in other anime because they're like, well, this is just so good. We just need to just trace every frame and put it in a different setting because it's so damn good. Um, I think Naruto uses that fight, but like it's it's that good that decades later it's still being like intra-industry plagiarized to be used again. I remember that one of the early fights, either in the first or the second episode, I I noticed that the camera, quote-unquote camera, because it's, you mm-hmm. know, an animation, but it it had this bit of life to it when one of the... when Spike or the person he was fighting would move in and out of the frame there would be a a little bit of human lag for lack of a better term Mm -hmm. where the camera would take a moment to readjust it wasn't tracking them perfectly and it felt so real and i just really appreciated that it felt like such a minor but effective detail and it's something that they could easily continue to do, mm-hmm. but I never see it anywhere else. Uh, so I really appreciated they they do mm-hmm. so much with with the viewpoint. Um, yeah. they, there are just so many angles, and I think it doesn't quite dawn on you because we're used to that in live action. But animated, that had to have been such a pain for every conversation to have five different mm-hmm. angles between the characters. And they don't 
skimp. None of them are behind the head. You know, we we had the character talk away from the camera to save frames. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a big that's a big thing that you, you you mentioned that, and we talked about it a couple episodes ago, and it's it's something that it, it, you don't think about it anymore because it is so ubiquitous across all anime the the frame saving because the industry is a nightmare Mm -hmm. but yeah back in apparently back in 1998 uh what's his name tetsuya watanabe got he's just like no we're just gonna someone's talking we're showing their face (laughs) i don't know it's just it's crazy that i don't know like there's just so much anime being produced now compared to back then maybe that it's just a production line or not production line. What do I want to say? I don't know. Can't find the words. Anyway, it's just like before you're even really done with the the thing you're working on, they're like, all right, well, you got two more projects. So you got to chop, chop, can't direct this scene differently so that we can move on. That last episode, just make it a PowerPoint slideshow. We don't care. Move on. The series <laughs> is over anyway. I think that it's a common thing to buy time by pushing out low quality scenes and then for the full release making a better scene. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen uh side by sides of original TV release versus final product. Oh, like DVD release or Blu-ray? Yeah. Hmm. I believe I believe Kanasuba even did it. Interesting. Interesting. I haven't uh, seen that, but I have heard of it happening in like manga, like um, One Punch Man. It's basically the guy. God, I can't remember his. I don't remember what the guy's name is, but I I, I know what you're talking about. The dude's drawings are yeah, like not not not. I don't want to say not as good, but you know what I mean. Yeah, but even the guy who is doing the the the, the better drawings in the manga, mm-hmm. the stuff that comes out once a month in Shonen Jump is different than the stuff that comes out in the published mangas mm-hmm. that are on store shelves. Like they are upgraded. So I suppose that's another in like that's that's a that's an interesting thing too. I'm gonna I'm gonna compare next time because I, I, I buy one punch man manga like as it comes out. So I I, I, I didn't notice that. But now I'm using the yeah. Shonen Jump app a lot. So I mean, to, not to make too hard of a turn into One Punch Man manga, but my God, some of the more recent chapters of One Punch Man and <laughs> on Shonen Jump is just, it goes so hard. It goes so hard into like M rated, like body horror that it's just crazy. Like I was just not expecting it at all. Hero knows. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> back to talk about Cowboy Bebop here. T- what was your guy's favorite like villain character? Because there was it, there was kind of like a villain of the week kind of thing going on in each episode for the most part, except for like vicious. God, I so it's gonna sound weird because I don't want to say it's the villain isn't really my favorite, but honestly, just the whole episode based around him was amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. The Teddy Bomber. With with uh mm. with oh yeah with and is it Andy the the cowboy dude 
my God. <laughs> I, I, I loved every time I heard the whistle and he came out. I'm just like, no, get this guy out of here, Spike. He's gonna he's gonna mess things up, dude. You got we gotta get a bounty for once, please. I knew you were going to pick that episode. <laughs> I knew you would. I, I was dying the whole time. And you know, I don't it just I just I love as soon as you heard the whistle, you're just you you know he's gonna come out of nowhere. And there was near the end of that episode, Spike was hearing someone whistle and he thought it was him going to pop up, but it, it, was, it wasn't. <laughs> and I was, I was happy that it, I guess that, uh, that Spike, re- I don't want to say recognize that when you hear the whistle, he comes out, but I, I just, I, I, I was happy that it wasn't just like, uh, like a, a thing that only us can hear the other, all the other characters could hear the whistle. Did you recognize cowboy andy's voice in the english version did you watch the japanese or the english i watched the subs i watched i watched the dub i uh, this is the one anime i gotta watch the dub i gotta watch the dub for steve bloom uh but the dubs uh cowboy andy is darren norris who is known for cosmo and Mr. Turner and Fairly Odd oh Parents. Oh my god! <laughs> I knew you were going to say something wild, but not that wild. And uh, the the crazy janitor in Netsy Classified School Survival Guide. Man, at least from our childhoods. Man, some Fairly Odd. Pa- you got your Fairly Odd Parents in my Space Western. <laughs> <laughs> Attracts though, and I'm hearing it now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Really reminded me of Isaac from Bacano. Oh yeah, the yeah. cowboy vibe. Yeah, I yep. I agree with you there, hundred percent. So for my for my answer, gotta go with Pierre Lafoe. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, I I'm so glad that you asked that question because if you didn't, I was going to segue into Pierre. I okay. <laughs> loved that episode. Uh, and it's funny because they had a previous episode that I feel was sort of meant to be a little bit of a horror episode, the one with yeah. the rock lobster, yep. um, and that sort of predator vision doing that alien in the vents stuff, mm-hmm. but it wasn't nearly as scary. And I, th- I think something that really did it was that... Whenever Spike and Pierre were fighting, the sound design did so much. There would be these high screechy bows, a string orchestra. His his teeth yep. were like, <sighs> it's so horrifying. Still, <laughs> I I have traveled here to take your lives. <sighs> oh man, that episode was so wild yeah the the aesthetic of that episode too is just so like bright mm-hmm. like compared to like they did like a horror thing with it but like the whole last half of it is just like bright greens and blues and super crazy love it dude was space joker space space i felt like it was it was more <laughs> he, he was a he was the big boy right the one i thought he looked a little bit like the penguin oh <laughs> Well, I think all that was a fat suit because he opens it up and there's a bunch of pistols and knives and stuff. True. Spike Spike Spiegel is the space Batman. (gasps) Space Batman. Dang. (laughs) Dang. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, they never explained how he can fly, though. No, they didn't. No. <laughs> you know what? It's kind of <laughs> cheap to say that he's the most amazing killing machine when he's wearing a shield. It's not like it's not like that makes you especially good at killing people. His no. his gun has infinite ammo. <laughs> he have you ever seen him reload that thing? True. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Dude was shooting a dozen bullets out of his little tiny cane. I I, I call BS. He had a pistol that was like a rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah. It just depended on what he was feeling like. He, you know, he'd either be shooting a, a slug or a rocket, whatever. <laughs> he just thinks it and it comes into reality. So I think he was cheating a little bit. He's a cheater. I mean, naturally, though. <laughs> but he pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Time Muffin? Oh, I really liked uh, the satellite. The satellite, <laughs> satellite was good. That was a good one. That's not the answer I expected. It was Very unexpected. I just liked that it was a unexpected, and then I don't know. I like Ed just in general. Edward Wong Howes, whatever the hell their name is. Any episode that Ed was in, it, like. Like, not like a centerpiece, but anytime Ed was just like just doing something crazy, it was always a good time. Yeah, I like that the that it wasn't it, it was more like an ambiguous like he's not he's just he's just dr- making drawings of pictures and stuff on the planet. That's all. It's just all he knows how to do. It's not hurting he's, anyone. <laughs> he's not hurting anybody. Because he was lonely. He was lonely. He had nothing better to do. He was just drawing and some then frames. He made, and then he made friends, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Making some friends with with people who then turned him into the police, but, you know. <laughs> Sometimes that's just what happens, okay? You just gotta <laughs> roll with the punches. I think I think another reason I like that episode, maybe maybe my my the introduction to Ed and the music also is <laughs> is is causing me to like that episode more than maybe I should, but that's my that's my answer is the satellite. I have to admit that I felt a little bit you, you know you know how when you get older people talk about starting to sympathize more with Squidward. I was kind of feeling that about Ed because when I was younger <laughs> I was I I would think to myself I would be Ed's friend in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm older, I think I would just be concerned with how I keep Ed occupied so I can have some time to myself. True. <laughs> Adopt the, uh, I, I, I hate critters, critters, kids, and, and women. <laughs> critters, kids, and, and, bro- and, oh, and yeah. freeloaders. <laughs> Whatever the hell it was so, that he said. In the English dub, it was pets, kids, and women with attitudes. Oh, okay. Yeah, they had, they had, they had, he just says women in, in the sub is what the sub popped up with. But <laughs> like, I, 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 I get, I, I was getting there by the end where it's like, okay, Ed, just use your words. Tell me what, <laughs> tell me what's happening. <laughs> You're just making yeah. noises and talking to yourself. <laughs> let me, let me into your world. <laughs> Open your mind. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like the vibe she brings to the sh- to the ship and how it's she makes things a little happier rather than 
And then, yeah, like you're talking about the Predator Vision episode, the the <laughs> the like lobster monster that I still don't understand where the monster came from, other than the fridge. That's the only thing I could think of, and uh, it was that that episode was kind of kind of close being like my number one because it was it it was like how Shark said it reminded me a lot of like an Alien Predator type of type of like a uh, episode and it was just it was just fun just trying to see everyone trying to trying to figure out where it is and spike going like all like all out with like a flamethrower and everything it just was really cool it, it was very cool and it did very much feel like aliens like <laughs> very much inspired by that especially when he pulls out a flamethrower yes thrower. especially yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only time that they have a flamethrower mm-hmm I know it was. I like. <laughs> I just ate it. It's <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> done. Sleep eats the thing. I. I. That. There was some. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was still the nineties. They put a lot of weird things in their mouths. <laughs> <laughs> you need to elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if what Faye ate dog food. True. Uh. What did Spike swallowed something in one of the episodes? What oh, was it? It was uh, a co- chip, poker chip. Yeah. He swallowed the but, chip. But he he coughed it back up, though. Yeah, then he regurgitated it because apparently <laughs> he could do that. Just do, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I did want to talk about how food sort of plays a role in this anime. Now we're talking about dog in food. That, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good segue. Well, there's there are so many there are so many episodes where just the whole reason they're doing anything is that they're hungry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if they're not hungry, they're wishing they were eating something better. Uh-huh. Anytime anytime they get their hands on just one type of food, that's their food for the next couple of weeks. When they get the shiitake mushrooms, it's five different mushroom dishes. <laughs> when they mm-hmm. get the eggs, hey, we're just having hard-boiled eggs and nothing else tonight. Yep. Which also kind of begs the question, the Big Shot show said something like 200,000 bounty hunters in the universe, yep. in the solar system, and Spike is one of the best ones. The one, uh, the Teddy Bomber episode, he says people... Far and wide, talk about not getting caught by you and Andy. They are they are the two pr- premier well known bounty hunters, and yet Spike is always struggling for money. Thank you, mm-hmm. thank you. I literally just like what is happening right now with every episode. They have not gotten a single bounty from anyone. How how are they? <laughs> how is things happening? How I, mean, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, at it's the, crazy. At, at the same time. The police are always rejecting their bounties. You know, they won't pay because it's a computer. They won't pay because this, that. There's always some reason that they're not going to pay out the bounties. And the ones that they do get are just pocket change. A teeny weeny. Like the chess master episode where like the the the, uh, the cops offered to give them something. But Jet was like, you know, just leave the old man alone. But then the old man dies. So it's like, wait, <laughs> Jet, I get it being a good guy. I'm, I'm I'm down. I feel you. I love it. But, bro, you got to eat, man. You got to eat something. <laughs> they, like, 
willingly left behind so many bounties. <laughs> Jet especially. <laughs> there what was it? The one with his uh his ex his ex. Yep. And he's just like, take care of her. Even though you could feed me for a while. <laughs> like protect her. <laughs> oh wait, he got picked up by the cops literally the next scene. Dude, <laughs> it makes you think. Did he get the bounty, or did did the cop just literally just just take it and it's done? I I I didn't understand that scene. I I've, I don't know. I saw it as the cops just swooped in because he wasn't. He was like off to the side with her. True, like not like in the thick of it, which is where he would have been. It's like, c- come on, man, come on, <laughs> like, come on. It, it it did get a little bit frustrating because it always felt like some sort of deus ex machina mm-hmm. was just going to yank away the bounty and you started to really want them to succeed. But it was just sort of the nature of the show that they've always got to be struggling. I suppose. Comfort doesn't exactly lend itself to great storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> Spike and Jet and Faye just chilled for like... A while <laughs> after they got their big score. <laughs> and, and then they retired for five episodes. Yeah, exactly. Time for the beach episode. Oh my gosh. Oh my Can you imagine God. the Comic Bebop slice of life anime? <laughs> 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 I, I think that it's interesting. Like, I don't want to call it like filler episodes because they're not filler episodes, but like, there's really like one main like story thread for kind of through the whole thing, like the whole Spike and Vicious storyline, and everything else has kind of happened around it. You know, some things inter- intertwined, but it was it was interesting that the the Spike and Vicious stuff only really popped up, like, what? It was maybe half the episodes were about that, and everything else was kind of... Like, the, 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 the Predator episode, I think, would probably be the closest thing to a filler episode. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I mean, the only time we got to see Vicious was... I think it was like one or two episodes in, in, in like in, be, in between in the middle of the anime, then two episodes at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like one at the start, two in the middle, and two at the end. Yep. And like he like po- pokes his head in occasionally just to be like, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm still, still here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like those episodes were so good, like especially compared to like the goofy, funny episodes, exactly. like uh, like jamming with Edward. It's like okay. Uh, what, uh, the first time we see Vicious, like, episode five, it's, like, Spike jumps out of, like, there's this, like, noir, like, emotional music playing as he jumps out of, like, a cathedral window. And, like, <laughs> as he's falling, he's, like, remembering, like, their past together. It's crazy. I just, there's just so many emotional moments like that in those Vicious scenes, like, in that, that center one, Jupiter Jazz, it was the same thing. Whereas just there's a lot of feelings and emotions and like interesting things going on. And then it's like, oh, we're just back to we're back to playing virtual chess with. (laughs) 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 I don't know. I I just I really like that that story line altogether. All things told. Vicious walked a very close line between being serious and intimidating Mm -hmm. and feeling like the goth kid in the room. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They they did it. They did it well. Uh, But they were, they were a little bit close. I I did think to myself, his, his low gravelly voice 
would have been a better Batman in the Christopher <laughs> Nolan trilogy. Uh, it, it's a little less goofy. Mm-hmm. I would have loved if he would have said at some point in reference to Julia, where is she? 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 <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah, I know. Ed was super edgelord. Like, this is kind of the age before Ed, like, that whole edgelord persona trope was a thing. But he was there. He was definitely there. He had his big sword. He was just bringing swords to gunfights. <laughs> That's confidence right there. It is yeah. confidence. Did, didn't he deflect bullets with his sword at one point? Or am I misremembering? Maybe. I don't, I don't recall I, it specifically. It wouldn't surprise I, me, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Vicious and Spike, their whole... It's a very simple story why they don't like each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's boys work together. One boy has girl. Other boy likes girl too. Girl likes other boy. First boy becomes the head of a intergalactic crime syndicate. You know, a tale as old as time. i'm so sad about how little we got of julia but it also Mm. makes sense i i i think it helps the audience relate to how spike feels because all we've been hearing the whole series is about julia he's looking for julia he just hears her name and he drops everything and just goes it just it blows my mind because like I got I got the, the everyone can't see it at the podcast but I got this picture from a, a, a anime convention and it's it's literally like Julia on Spike and I'm like I don't don't see this scene at all I don't know what you're talking about like it's just like we only <laughs> seen Julia like so many times it's just like I haven't seen this yeah I would love to yeah she she's only in she's only really in one half of an episode mm-hmm. I think. I think it's all near the end. She pops up in the middle during that two episode thing. I think this is why this is where like, I feel like if this like production mindset could be brought into like modern anime where they're telling long for longer form stories where not every episode needs to have a beginning, a middle and an end. Mm-hmm. Like nowadays you have the series like, We'll say, okay, well, we're just going to keep the meme going. Like Odd Taxi, where there's a story that gets told over the course of 13 episodes, and that is the entire, that's the story, is the 13 episodes. And there are little smaller stories that are like four episodes in the middle, or six episodes somewhere in the middle, or two episodes at the start. But like, yeah, this is very, the, the, the most 90s thing about or the most old school anime thing about it is just the fact that it is everything has to have a beginning, middle and end in one episode. We need to wrap it up. And even though there's only like two arcs, I'll say that go two episodes and it literally says in the episode title, like part one, so that you know that it keeps going for the next episode <laughs> where like the Julia stuff, could have been more like delved into in episodes outside of those two part arcs if it were more made in modern times but this would never get made in modern times because some some industry or or committee somewhere would screw this up i'm sure of it 
Now I could I could be completely wrong, but maybe like back in the day, because uh, like how you said, each episode had you know from the beginning to the end, and you could you could watch whatever episode out of order and still know what's going on because each episode is, is its own thing. And mm-hmm. maybe this is just just me just th- just thinking about it, and now maybe coming to realize that they want to make it so that way. You, like if you're watching on TV. Like you, you could watch whatever episode and still know what's going on. You have a point there. That's another. I I didn't even think about that as a benefit. <laughs> but yeah. that's super. You're super right. That I mean, honestly, I think yeah. If like in whatever 2003, 2004 on Adult Swim, you know, Toonami or whatever, where most of us kind of first saw this, if if it was an open-ended beginning and an open-ended ending, I don't think it would have captured us nearly as, as well as it does or it did. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned it, Hero, because it occurred to me that you could pretty much throw on any episode of this show and maybe you wouldn't know all of the characters' backstories, so maybe a couple of lines would throw you off. But just about any episode, except for the last couple, yeah. you could pretty much dive into with no knowledge of the anime at all and and still get uh, a good experience out of it. It would be totally wasted if you watched the last two episodes first, oh, yeah. because I, I, I think <laughs> I think I think the length of it adds to that, because for 26 episodes We've been hearing about Vicious, we've been hearing about Julia, and it's it's such a fixation for Spike that when we get to those last couple episodes, it feels like closure for us too, because it's all we've been hearing yeah. about. Even Jet says it in the in the anime too, where it's just like every time he hears Jet, every uh, no, every time he see he hears Vicious and uh Julia, it's like a trigger word, and he's just it's a nightmare that just wants to go away. Mm, yeah, it's true. It's I mean, in the <clears throat> in that middle one, yeah, here's Julia's name. It's like code name Julia, and Spike's just like I'm out, and he just like is in his <laughs> you know his spaceship just flying away before Jet can even really like re- react. Almost, yeah. <laughs> Jet kicks him out like three times. He does. Yeah, <laughs> he's like oh, Spike. If you if you go do this, then you're off the ship for good this time, I swear. I promise you I'll change the code. <laughs> you're off the case. If you bring him back and get us the bounty, I'll butt you back on the ship. Spike lets the guy go. This is like yeah, he let Gren like he sent Gren off into like space in the spaceship after Jet was like, if you bring him back and get the bounty, I'll let you back on the ship. It's like, well that He's back on the ship anyway. He's like that dad, that parent that was always like, if you don't get your shit together, you'll be on the street, <laughs> you know? And they just never follow through on their on their threats. Which, speaking of Gren, it is so interesting the way that the show tackles, like, kind of transgender identity and gay, like, LGBT mm-hmm. issue, like, stuff. Like, they're not, it's not like they're tackling issues or anything. Yeah. And you could, you could look at it as just like a shock value thing uh, to an extent. But the fact that it's <clears throat> present, but not 
overtly negative. Like, it's not... Mm-hmm. When Faye walks in on Gren in the shower, mm-hmm. and he's like, she's like, what the... F- whoa, whoa. And she, he is, you know, they, they have, I don't know. He still, <laughs> he operates as a dude, so he's, he has, you know, he has breasts and all that, and she's like, what's the deal here? You know, that's about as, like, off-putting as it gets. Mm-hmm. I, I liked his response, though. Uh, the question that she asked in English, anyway, was, which are you? <laughs> yeah. And he replies, I'm both. Yep. So. Exactly. Yeah. And I think in that same, earlier in, like, the episode before it, Faye was trying to track down Gren and burst in on two dudes just in bed together. I did see that. Yeah, yeah. I do remember thinking that to myself. It's just there. Yeah, it's just there. Yeah. It doesn't factor in in any way. She's not like, oh, you guys are like. There's no like ill gross or anything. Where like like right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's none of that. There's no judgment. She's just like exactly. Where's this guy? And they move on. And it's not even. It doesn't factor in anything anywhere ever again. Which I don't know lends itself to like it's normalcy. You know. It's treated just like everything else. It's treated just like, you know, hetero relationship would be, you know. How many times do you see that scene in movies where a dude dude bursts in on a dude and a lady in bed and is like, tell me where they are or something like that, you know, in like a thriller movie. And it's treated as a normal thing. You never see it, especially in Western cinema or anything like where it's too dudes in bed just treated as normal mm-hmm. and it's not like ever really referenced the, the 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 same sex part of it isn't even 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 referenced so it's it's i i just liked how they normalized it everything of it and then when it wasn't normalized like with the whole gren thing it was he explained and then he, he they talked and Faye was cool you know like i don't know it's 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 so ahead of its time. Yeah, no, I agree. When we were when I was rewatching it, I've watched Cowboy Bebop way when it first popped off, and now like rewatching, it, I was like, wow, this is in, this is insane that you know, they they had all these uh, you know the LGBTQ and all this other stuff in here. I'm like, this is ahead of its time, and I I, mm-hmm. I was so confused when I was watching it as a kid. Like, I don't know what do they mean by both, and now that. You know, I'm I'm older and I understand things more, and I'm just like, you know, that's that's pretty awesome. And Ed too, as being like, yeah, yes, like every every, every so often, people would be like, a uh, a uh, girl or a boy, like they they would mix up. I don't want to say mix up, but like they would call Ed different different genders than even mm-hmm. uh, their own father was just like that a boy or or, or girl. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> he called. He called Ed Francois for some reason. <laughs> That's right. I'm not even certain that Ed cares. Ed mm-hmm. Ed only refers to them. I I, I think I'm going to say them themselves mm-hmm. yeah. as just as Ed in third person. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Ed ever genders themselves. It's just what other people have decided, and mm-hmm. Ed doesn't even care either. Uh, whether or not they call Ed a boy or a girl. Exactly. Ed doesn't care. Ed never corrects them. The closest we get to any kind of like confirmation or not, it's like at the end of the first episode, we see her face like, oh, you're a girl. And Ed just goes, hey, <laughs> <laughs> <And> that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's as close as we get. 
<laughs> to any kind of confirmation one way or another, which isn't at all. So, <laughs> no, I just, I like the way they tackled all of the, the androgyny, the, the fluidity, all that. It was it, just the sense of normalcy that they tackled all that stuff with was, was great. It's, it's a very inclusive universe. Never, it mm-hmm. never felt like anybody was judged mm-hmm. by something out of their control. There was, there was no sense of racism or homophobia or transphobia mm-hmm. that I ever felt, that I ever picked up on. Yeah, same. Like, everybody's too busy. They got, they got, they got environmental terrorisms to worry about, okay? They got <laughs> old ladies blowing up spaceships. True. <laughs> so, some, something I thought was funny at the very beginning of that episode... Jet is mentioning that the sea rats Mm -hmm. are not actually a delicacy. They were just advertised as such. And Spike says, well, in that case, I'll just have lobster. Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, the irony. I didn't even pick up on that. You're right. Jeez. Wow. (laughs) You're right. That's crazy. Because, yeah, like, what is it? In, like, the Philippines and stuff, it's like a pest, isn't it? Like, there's so much of it in, like, yeah. Indonesia. And it's so good. I love it. It's good. Yeah, it, it used to be the poor worker's dish. Mm-hmm. And now it's a, a delicacy. That's crazy. You're, that's I didn't even put two and two <laughs> together. That's great. Hello, everybody. I'm Shark Wellington with my two bounty heads uh-uh. in the mid roll. We're in the back of his <laughs> time car. Muffin didn't have time. Muffin didn't have a segue this time, so I'm going to segue by talking about how he didn't have a segue. Perfect. Oh. I love that segue. And, That's a quality <laughs> segue. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> listen, we've all had some fun today. Yeah. Now it's time to not have fun oh. and beg you. To rate our show no fun. wherever you're listening. Serious business. Be it on YouTube or Spotify or even Google Apple Fi. You like Google Apple Fi. Perfect. <laughs> uh, sh- share us with your friends too, because we are working so hard on this. I love you guys. Time Muffin's on the floor, so he can't. Time Muffin's trying to get. The new cat found a new hiding place. I have to get her out. Oh, She's geez. by all the cords. On my computer might shut down. <laughs> please, please share this podcast so that Time Muffin's computer won't shut sure, down. Please, we, we need it with on. With your friends. <laughs> okay. We are watching Time <laughs> Muffin's. <laughs> now, guys, remember, you know that meme oh, on Twitter that people are doing? Just picture that. That's what Time Muffin's doing the on ja- the floor right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're doing the Jacko Challenge. <laughs> trying to get the cat out from behind my... <laughs> My dad. Time Muffin is presenting to all of yes. you. Yes. What can I say? What can I say? Time Muffin is ready to do what it takes to get you to listen to this podcast with your True. friends. We need to do some cat proofing in this room, apparently. I didn't realize it needed to be done. <laughs> <laughs> if, do you need to cat proof your room and need fabric to do that? <laughs> go to, go to t- www.prettyflyforassempi.com. There's there's lots of fabrics with our logos on them that, that you can use. 
It's a cat from your house. <laughs> Hero, what's your favorite thing about listening to our podcast that we recorded with people that you love? You know, I like the one thing I like about it. We, we have a community going. We, we have our Discord that is linked down below where we do watch parties every time we watch a new anime for the podcast. Do you want to talk to the senpais? Yeah. Do you want to talk to our community members? Yeah. We're all cool. We hang out doing the peace sign thing. You know? Yeah. Hand, <laughs> yeah. Hand signs. We have, we have Naruto no Jutsu. <laughs> Naruto, Naruto no Jutsu. That's what we have. <laughs> Join the discord, please. I love, I love sharing the podcast with my friends. Oh, I love sharing the, the podcast with my <laughs> friends, family, uh, my dad, my mother, my father, my grandpa, my, my nephew. <laughs> I tell all my coworkers and they say, man, this is like the 12th time you've told me about this podcast. Please stop. <laughs> so <laughs> there might be a bounty on your head. <laughs> it, that's why I have the bounty on my head that I currently have. You should tell all of your friends and family about Pretty Fly for a Senpai until... They exile you from family functions as well. <laughs> Maybe it's a blessing in disguise. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I got to tell you what, even after having been in the podcast and knowing all the jokes before they're even said, I can't help but crack a big old smile at every single one of them because I can just feel that happy energy coming from you guys. And... Ah, just puts a smile on my face every time. Put go put go put that smile if you feel the same way. Go put that smile on all of your friends and family members' faces. Heck yeah! I feel the same way though, Shark. I'm I'm in shill mode right now. I'm sorry. I'm in shill mode. I can't stop. <laughs> I can't stop it. Can't stop. I'm in awkward. I'm in awkward shill mode. <laughs> can't. This this show is refreshing, like a nice cold pipu. I love. It. I'm gonna go. Get one now. Me too. Okay, I'm going to head over to the kitchen with you <laughs> and open up the fridge. Oh, no. Uh -oh. I'm, I'm walking here. Oh, I'm walking here. Be careful. There might be my old lobster in the freaking fridge. Oh, no. <laughs> the old lobster. <laughs> my lobster. Ah! I love it. The writing in the show is so is so tight for as as little dialogue as there is. Like you compare, I'm gonna go back to the last the the, the more modern thing that we just watched, uh, Dragon Maid. There's just so much dialogue. The entire story is dialogue. It's dialogue, yeah. dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. Which, to be fair, it's a slice of life. Like it's supposed to. There's there's a lot of dialogue, but in like the first three episodes of the series, I think there's maybe like half the dialogue that there is in one episode of like a modern anime, even in, like a modern action anime, because I think one thing that's I like about it is they don't have to explain what they're doing while they're doing it. Yeah. Like a lot of modern stuff does like in a lot of Christ, even in like stuff that doesn't explain how, where the powers come from, like in reincarnated as a slime, like Rimuru is just like, they got these powers but Rimuru is still just talking all the time during the fight. All the time. Just non nonstop talking. Everybody's talking during the fight. But when Spike or Faye or anybody else fights, they're just like, they're just going for it. They just, they're, they're focusing on the fight. 
and the fight scenes are kind of the the lobster of the yeah <laughs> of the yeah. of the show you know like the animation can speak for itself you don't need to have the characters quipping for the entire fight it, it kind of like goes back to like the whole uh well it goes to me it goes it goes make me think of uh like how dbz where during fights they they have like inner thoughts and they're thinking things through and they want they want the audience to know what they're thinking but with cowboy bebop there really isn't that much that much of that and it and like i said the animation the music like everything speaks for itself and that's what i think honestly personally it, people call this a classic it's 110 percent is a classic it's really good i i think it speaks a little bit to how in tune the characters are with each other mm-hmm. that when there is a fight scene maybe spike would be in his spaceship and jet stay back in the the bebop and spike would just say jet do this thing now and jet would do it without knowing why and then we would see in real time why spike told him to do that mm-hmm. they didn't need he he didn't need to explain his reasoning jet just trusted that spike knew what he was doing and we didn't need to explain to us because we would just see it in real time. Oh, that's why he did that, which was very good. They used they used every bit of time they had very effectively. And also on the topic of just not saying too much, I think this anime makes really good use of those moments of silence. A, a character would say something harsh or poignant and the other character would would look at them and you could tell what they were thinking by their facial expression yeah it's a lot of it's it's stuff like exactly you can see the gears turning you know what they're thinking when they don't even need to say it mm-hmm. the 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 moments of silence you, you there, there was a lot <laughs> there were a lot of moments of silence where you were just kind of left to like linger on a on a moment or a shot and not really know 100% what it means or what it's there for but no it's just the the, the direction of it with 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 all that the the audio direction the the visual direction and all that it, it was so well crafted i would say that it didn't even need you didn't need words in those moments right um and it felt to me that in many ways the conversations were just as not necessarily action packed, but just as interesting 110%. as the fight scenes. Agreed. Because some conversations did kind of feel like a back and forth, trying to outsmart or trying to convince someone to do something. I've 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 seen in some instances where you know the art the, like communication is as important as being able to. Being able to convince someone is as important as being able to fight them. If you could avoid the fight in the first place, you've already won. True. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but I never, I never thought to myself, man, this is way too much talking. Mm-hmm. And I never, I never got worn out on the fight scenes either. The, the pacing was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think in a sort of transition to that, the first nine slash ten episodes are so good as an introduction 
Uh, episode nine is where Ed comes in. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I would, I guess I would argue that episode nine is is the end of the intro because all the characters are there at that point. But I remember episode one when I watched episode one. The whole time I was thinking, man, I forgot how good this was. The introduction's so good. The first bit is Spike and Jet talking about how they got beef with no or beef and bell peppers with no beef in it. <laughs> so it, you know, it, and 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 Jet is Jet is talking about how they have no money because Spike has has wrecked their ship during the last bounty hunt Mm -hmm. so we've established so much so quickly that they're poor that spike is reckless that they're bounty hunters that the ship is jets and then we have this very relatable story of a woman who just wants to get away and live her own life but she's stuck with this destructive criminal Mm -hmm. but she doesn't seem to see a different way to get to Mars. Um, that yeah. whole story made me feel so sad. Yeah. It's, that's a, another thing that I like about it is it's the, all these stories for the most part, they're all very human stories. Like, I mean, you, Pierre Lamont, probably not, notwithstanding, <laughs> but like, yeah, like the woman in, uh, in the first episode, you know, just feeling helpless in like the only way, like you said, like the only way she can escape and get her own life is eventually she'll get out from under the thumb of this crazed drug addict lunatic. And uh, I mean, ultimately, she she ends up killing him uh, to, to kind of do that, I guess, have a little bit of freedom before eating shit, I guess. <laughs> that that shot where the the vials of the drugs were coming out of her stomach mm-hmm. was so much symbolism yeah. i i i'm losing my mind thinking about it again truly really good because i have to imagine she wanted a family someday mm-hmm. and that was that was sort of that was the moment that it all went away that you know, and just just the vials coming out of her stomach kind of looked like you know blood also coming out of her stomach, yeah. mm-hmm. and just you know it's it's over, it's not happening, and she's just floating in space, and that's that. Mm-hmm. Oh man, ha! Huh. That first episode was it's a lot of symbolism. Speaking of very human uh, characters, Roko, I believe was how you pronounce it. Uh, the guy who wanted Spike to be his mentor. Oh, uh, and he had yeah. the very expensive oh, yes. I forgot about plant him. on Venus. Yeah. Because his sister was blind from the Venus air. I bought yeah. that was that was a really good episode. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. It's it's he wants to pay for the surgery to like not having the funds to pay for the surgery to help his sister out. Like <laughs> go fund me to save my sister. Very relatable story. Good old Joey Wheeler story. Gotta get that prize money. <laughs> Joey Wheeler. Oh my god. <laughs> I I don't know what you're referencing. That's Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh. He's the sidekick in Yu-Gi-Oh. Bada bing. Bada bing. Bada boom. To return to Shark's Fun voice actor corner. <laughs> the <laughs> the the English voice actor for Roko is 
also the voice of the mighty Kreblante. Oh my god! <laughs> it always goes back to One Punch Man. <laughs> oh man. Uh, fucking Kreblante. Oh man. <laughs> Master, they drew nipples on me with permanent marker. Fantastic. <laughs> you just gotta be like water. Freaking big chin. Kid. I was gonna say too, the uh <laughs> The the girl uh, I forgot what the the character's name was the the one that is in Big Shot the uh, the, mm, the female mm-hmm. she does the voice yeah. for uh, Millie in Trigun. Oh, oh my. <laughs> okay, I didn't. It's I didn't like get the it. opposite character. Yeah, it's so it blows my mind. I was like, I wait it. a second, this is crazy. I love it. They did so dirty by Big Shot. They did. I am sad. <laughs> Oh, like I even remembered that the show gets canceled, and I was dreading that part mm-hmm. because <laughs> I uh, you're having so much fun. I I I did really like the bit of closure with the um the man with his mom in that show. Yeah, with his mom. Yeah, that was. I, I, she was. Saying- I choked up just a little bit, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> she she ran away because she thought nobody wanted to take care of her. And then he runs after her and says, Ma, I'll take care of you. I'll find a new job. Don't you worry. Adorable. It was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole series has a good sense of just closure in general. I agree. Like, it, it is very, like, a core theme throughout the whole thing is, like, you know, just finality kind of writ large it's like everything comes to an end at some point i feel like at at the end of cowboy bebop it's just i i don't we don't know we we know that ed is off on a journey and trying to just do whatever ed wants to do we just i i feel like we i i don't get closure what i mean it what jet's doing is jet just gonna just do whatever and still be a bounty hunter and Faye, is, is she just going to hang around Jet? Like, or if, since Faye has her memory now, is she just going to go off into her own thing? I mean, I, I just, I, I wish I knew what, uh, what happens to th- those two. Cause I feel like I, or maybe mm-hmm. I missed something. I just, I felt like I didn't, I didn't understand or what, what they're going to do after. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it's mostly like they tried to focus a lot on like Spike's story. Like yeah. all the other character development stuff was there, but it's like this is Spike's story. The Spike's world. Yeah. And once like and it's good that they have given like open ends to the people he's close to, I think. Given that he knew I, I'm sure he kind of understood what he was walking into mm-hmm. in the last couple episodes, so like he knew the writing was on the wall, and it's just like, I like that they at least gave gave everybody else kind of a a way forward. But like throughout the whole thing, it's it's like all situations, good or bad, are are there they they will come to an end at some point. Like the, even the the Rocco episode, Rocco, like he's part of a gang. Oh no, and like, because he's trying to save his sister, and she, you know, her terrible situation comes to an end at the same time it intersects with Rocco's life coming to an end, unfortunately. But it's like, 
don't know. Maybe that's not a fully fleshed out thought in my head right now, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that scene where Spike comes back in the middle of the night and says, hey, I'm starving. Make me some food. And Mm -hmm. I, I don't even remember what the, what, what he made. Maybe it was beef and bell peppers again. (laughs) Um, And he's just munching on saying food sucks like usual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and him and Jet are just, you know, back and forthing a little bit. I think he would he wanted to give Jet a li- a little bit of just for old time's sake, something to remember me by, a little bit of conversation, because I imagine he figured it can only end one way. Mm-hmm. Uh and I felt kind of bad about uh Faye's ending because i think we i think the last we see of her is when she's crying and shooting the pistol in the air (laughs) as uh spike is walking away and i did i did think to myself out of any of the characters i don't know what faye's gonna do because she still is gonna be chased her whole life about her her cryogenic freezing bill she doesn't really have a plan for that aside from desperately gamble every time you get a little bit of money. <laughs> right. She does that, doesn't she? I forget yeah. about that. Yeah. I like every episode they get money. She steals it and goes and gambles it away. Mm-hmm. And I think it was one episode she actually she actually won. And what did she do? She buys a bunch. It was, a, I think it was the dog race. And then she ends up just yeah. putting all of it down with a bunch. She had a bunch of tickets in her hand and just loses it all. I go, man, you had it. Just walk away. Easy come, easy go. That's gambler's fallacy for you. Oh, God, Shark. I literally was going to bring that up. <laughs> I was going to say how I love how at the end, when we see, like, you know, see you, see you Space Cowboy, if something, like, I don't want to say, uh, I don't want to say good happens or, like, something something that uh, that that's very impactful, they change the ending. Like how Shark said, it was easy, there was one that was easy come, easy go, uh, Sleeping Beast, Life is but a dream. Uh, the last one got me. You got to carry that weight. I'm like, oh, God. <sighs> see you. See you, cowgirl. Someday, somewhere. I, I loved. <laughs> see you, space samurai. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Where do you guys think Ed went back to? Because Ed's two main options were to go and look for their dad or go back to uh, their, what was that? The the daycare that Ed got left at. Where do you think Ed went? Hmm. I don't know. I I would imagine, like, there's a part of me that feels like they'd go look for their their family. Because that, like, it's like a cosmic pull kind of thing, almost. Just in real life <laughs> to like just <laughs> wanting to be with family to an extent. Um, so that's my, that's my guess. Well, see, I think, I think the whole after Faye talked to Ed about, I, I think it was like finding, I, I forgot. It was like finding, finding some, something that they're meant for something weird like that. I don't, I don't, I don't remember exactly, but I think, mm, uh, mm-hmm. I think like exactly what you're, what you're saying. Time off. is I, they, they found their their dad, and uh, they could be going to to find father and and uh, do what do what father does, 
or uh, Ed do what Ed do, and Ed just wants to just maybe <laughs> go on own adventure. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. I I personally would have thought that Ed would have gone back to the daycare mm. uh, because uh, Ed never particularly seemed as though they were searching for their dad specifically. Mm-hmm. It was a sort of a happy accident. And then they meet the dad for a minute or two. And then the dad leaves him again. Like, all right. Where's the milk? True. <laughs> I, oh, God. <laughs> it's like, yeah, wh- what does the dad say? Like, oh, I left you in a daycare and I, f- I forgot where I put you. <laughs> like, oh, come on. Forgot Ed's name. Forgot Ed's name. Yeah. <laughs> Francois, I remember you. Yeah. I, I still think seeing how even when like in real life in in personal inter interactions with people like how even when i don't know if you have a history of like abuse let's say which it doesn't have i don't think other than maybe neglect but like the that pull for some people to just be attached to family and want to track them down and be with them and do whatever they can for them no matter what it's just so strong in some people that as Dom would say, nothing stronger than family. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Ancient meme here. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot. But yeah, no, I mean, it, I mean, it could be either one, but that's just like seeing an, an, as many people as I have that have been like abused and, and, treated real bad by their family members just keep going back to that well over and over again. I'm like, I don't know. There's a part of me that's just like, Ed, you're just going to get hurt. You're just going to get hurt. I think, I think the main image that I remembered from this series and that I was waiting for when I started watching it again was that scene of Spike looking out the window and there's that graffiti on the ground, just the big smiley. It says, bye-bye. Oh, yeah. And and then he and Jet are just eating the eggs that they got. And they're just, they're saying nothing at all, just trying to distract themselves with food. And then they move on to Ed's and Faye's plates and start eating their eggs. Because they're like, well, they're gone. Damn. My eggs now, I guess. And they're just shoving them in their mouths. Just, ah. I just felt the sadness in that scene. Like, even though mm-hmm. no, no words were said and just just how fast, like, Spike was eating the eggs, you made, made you feel like you're just trying to eat the sadness away. And I'm just like, man, <laughs> that, I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> shoving, like, three eggs in his mouth. Yeah. Just, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I was like, you're going to choke. That eggs are going to dry out your mouth. You don't have any liquids. <laughs> you don't have any liquids think about your cholesterol there's so much it's through the roof <laughs> yeah the thing is, that goes back to like the, the silence thing it's like they didn't need to say how sad they were oh you just felt it yeah you just feel it and that's that's why I love mm-hmm. the other thing about it is like I don't even have like much more to say about it because it is so like it is a it is a simple story with I'm not going to say simple characters because the characters aren't simple, but mm-hmm. like the situations that they find themselves in and the, 
and the human problems that they deal with over the course of the thing is just they're so I mean they're not relatable but you know you can see them being relatable you know oh a guy you know medical debt I need I need to pay for a medical thing to save my sister or whatever you know stuff like that it's all just so emotional it's all like the story is in how it makes you feel to an extent the story doesn't rely on the setting mm-hmm. the the overall beats of you know the the love triangle the sister who needs surgery wanting to escape and go hide somewhere they could have happened you know 200 years ago or 200 years in the future either one would have been able to draw on the environment and i think that is why it's so human and and so relatable is that it any one of the stories we could see playing out similarly in our everyday lives even if we wouldn't be in space well not every single one of them uh, the, 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 the satellite that comes that's the satellite that comes to life is maybe but he's so lonely eh? that he's doing he's I just guess. he's destroying other people's things to entertain himself <laughs> anyway that's i don't know that's that's a, that's a wild interpretation of that episode. <laughs> but <laughs> but there was there was just never a moment where i just yelled out why would you do that mm-hmm. Every, everybody's motivations made sense and everybody acted in a way that made sense and i think that's what really brings it all together is that nothing felt out of place and no person felt out of place. It's a nice wrapped up present. Here you go. Happy early Christmas. Here you go. <laughs> Happy. I, I like that he, that the, that the, it is so self-contained as well mm. that it kind of, I don't know, wraps up nice, nice, not a neat little bow, but like, it's it's not sequel chasing. It's yeah. not trying for that sequel that season two. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like even even like you know the movie they came out with like <laughs> later. They're like, oh yeah, this is between episodes twenty two and twenty three. So <laughs> they're they're not even with that. They're not like yeah. This is actually after we got. Zombie Spike Spiegel? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he wasn't actually dead. Yeah. Which, if I have one big, big hope for the Netflix series, they have got to kill Spike at the end. And that is my biggest fear, is that it's he's he's going to wake up. Oh, you, oh, it was two inches to the left of your heart. You almost died. Yeah. Now let's go right off into the sunset. No, it's, it's, please, Netflix, he has to die. That's how the story ends. He's required to. I could see them being cash grabby about it, though. Yeah. I'm wondering if they won't do, like, a 212 episode kind of joint to get two seasons out of it, but Mm. split it up a little bit. Because I could see... At the end of that, that middle vicious chapter, you just you, you you go okay. This is the end of season one. You know, if you wanted to, mm-hmm. if you wanted to cut it up, 
Yeah, no, that's uh, you're right though. I feel I feel the same way <laughs> that I hope they don't. <laughs> John Cho looks dope, by the way, as Spike. Some people are saying he he's too old to be Spike Spiegel. I don't see that at all. Dude looks dapper as shit. <laughs> he's fly as fuck. Let me let me let me grab a picture here. There is like a there is a lot of not a lot of people, but some people that I talk to about the the live action. They're like, oh, face outfit looks different, and yeah, you know, like jet is black, and it's just like, dude, like there has to, there is some type of, uh, you can't, I don't want to say you can't just go. I get like, like you, you are, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to get out of my thoughts here because I'm so frustrated about it because I understand <laughs> that you know you want things to be one, two, three, four, but. It's there's cer- certain things that don't fly anymore, and there's mm-hmm. certain things that y- you know you you want you want to include all all the all races, and you don't want to uh, you don't want I don't I don't want to say uh, whitewash I don't want to say it like that, but I mean it's pretty mm-hmm. much you don't want it to be be like that, and it's just it's just wild that pe- people are complaining about it. You want it to be inclusive, mm-hmm. and here's he, here's uh counter argument uh jet's voice actor bo billingsley Mm -hmm. is is black um and i was thinking to myself when jet was talking i have heard this voice somewhere before and it was scratching the back of my brain (laughs) now we're back to shark's voice acting corner (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's 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 my thing all right voices are my thing but uh, it's um, old man Rom. No way! Like the same voice playing oh, back, to, yeah. playing back to back. You're right. It's old man Rom. Hell yeah! But yeah, no. Um, uh, my my only thing is they still haven't shown anything about Ed. Mm-hmm. And oh, I really want Ed to be in this. There's a, there's, that's part of why I'm feeling like like I don't know how like what portion they're going to like. You do see like the shootout in in a church here. Like in one of the screenshots, which would be like episode five. They they could be potentially doing two seasons, but like yeah. you, you would think that Ed would be a part of like, I don't know, the first like at least near the end of the first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the hope. I, I, I do want to see who would be who would be Ed, who Ed, who Ed be, who Ed be, who be Ed. It makes me a little nervous that. The show is going to remove the goofiness that makes it so endearing in the original anime. All of this promotional stuff that you shared, it really, they're really cool shots. Mm -hmm. They're very cool. They all look very, very cool. But all the characters are also goofy. Yeah. At least in the anime. And I hope they keep some of that goofy. There are a couple of, yeah, like I think that they're just trying to get like, I think that they're still going to be goofy. I don't know. Like, what's her name? The Faye actress is, what did she say? I, I think that she said people were, were criticizing the outfit and stuff. And she's like, I'm sorry that, you know, they looked all over the place for a six foot five uh triple d two inch yeah. wasted woman but they couldn't find it so they just had to hire my short ass and <laughs> it's like <laughs> um 
you know, it's it, when it comes to real, actual human beings, you just can't find the people that y- you th- you think would be best to fit the role sometimes. And I mean, look at the picture. Like, yeah, the outfit's different. Like, but I think it's fine. It's fine. It's it's the same enough. You, you get the point. I mean, let's let's be honest with ourselves. Faye's outfit is totally ridiculous. It's insane. I was, I was about it's, to say her suspenders go through her butt crack. Okay, she got that Borat mankini going True. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like she could take off her shorts and it'd be a mankini underneath, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> there is there is just some anime clothing. It's very very hard to reproduce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then you look at Spike, where it's like a reasonable outfit, and you look at the picture of John Cho in with the headphones, and it's like, oh shit, that's Spike. Like, even if I didn't know that that's what this was from, I go, oh shit, that's fucking Spike Spiegel right there. They did do a good job with that outfit. The rolled up sleeves, the loose tie, the collar is t- all the way up. Mm-hmm. It's it's like he tries a little bit, but he doesn't exactly know how. Yeah. And they try their best to emulate, like, further down in the art. They have the him walking through the church, you know, kind of covered in blood and stuff. And it's like, they try their best with the way they cut the pants to make his legs look real long. But, <laughs> like, <laughs> spikes are. But, God, it's just, it's, I don't know. It, it's, it all depends on the execution. I think that's yep. really what it comes down to. Absolutely. I hope that they can capture everything that was great about the anime and but not like make it a shot for shot redo but with people instead of drawings <laughs> you yeah. know but it's hard that's the thing that's so hard about these live action adaptations is like well do you, the fans want the story but they also want something new in the same style but then you have some people that are going to get mad about the new stuff cuz it's not canon and then you have other people who, yeah, they they just want new stuff because this is the same story. They're so lazy, these writers. They just told the same story again. So it's just, it's hard to. It's tricky. And I think my metric is that it should do its best with interpreting the story and maybe expanding the story. My biggest problem always happens when the director and the and the writers think to themselves, we can do this better because that's always when it ends up feeling weird or shoehorned or something just isn't right. Uh, I think the I, I personally truly believe the best adaptation that has ever been done is Holes, the movie Holes, I agree. where <laughs> where uh, they. Tell the story almost the same as it was, but then they fill in some gaps, some questions that people had maybe reading the book. Mm -hmm. And I would love it if in the Netflix series, they would answer a few of those questions that you have from the anime about what are they going to do next? Where is that going? Um, And I mean, the, 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 the questioning, the, the, not quite resolved nature of the ending Mm -hmm. does lend a lot. So maybe they don't have to fill in what happens next, but I think that's what I would love to see is the big story beats and a little bit of extra explanation. That we didn't get Mm -hmm. in the anime. 
Yeah. Yeah. That would, would be agree. pretty nice. Uh, I, I think a lot at, after just at us talking about it and thinking about it, maybe it's supposed to be meant to uh, leave off with our imagination, what we think the characters are doing or whatever. But I agree. I, I, I hope that the, the Netflix ad- adaptation will maybe just add, add more. And I don't want to say give a reason to watch it. Cause I'm going to watch either way, but it's just, uh, it um, just, just it's added to the the franchise instead of just trying to. I don't, I don't want to say be its own thing, but you know. I hope they can match that aesthetic. Yes, I want. I want to see if they can do that. If they can pull it off, like there were so many things that were just so authentically late '90s in Cowboy Bebop, which naturally you know makes sense that it would, since that's when it was made. Mm-hmm. And like even something like as little as. You know, when they turn on Big Shot, you've got the big letter, the big numbers up in the corner of the TV showing what oh channel God, it's yeah. on. You know, the scan lines looking actually like scan lines, not like the filters you get in like retro games that mm-hmm. have been emulated now a days. Um, everything just felt so authentic to that. The technology, I mean, besides the crazy spaceship stuff, but like all of the the personal technology they used was just so... So 90s that I hope they hit, they, they hit that aesthetic because I don't know if I mean, it feels like a timeless story, but I think it's the part of it. The charm comes from kind of that suit and not like steampunk, but like 90s punk aesthetic, 90s steampunk aesthetic with that, like not totally modern stuff, but not like Victorian shit. I would I would almost put it as that millennial style where we were mm-hmm. so, where everything was like chromed out True. it's the year 2000 baby <laughs> yo dog we got new metal uh, tattoos with chrome how's it going yeah that's that sort of we're living in the future mm-hmm. and the present the future at the same time yeah backstreet boys is back hey backstreet's all right. back all right backstreet's back all right <laughs> We did it. <laughs> well, I I don't have much else to say because there's kind of everything we've talked we've talked about so far. I'm be so honest what, with you, 110. Like I I feel I feel I I don't have anything in my my noggin I want to express because I feel like we done it. How about you, Shark? Yeah, no, I I think I've said pretty much everything I wanted to say. Numbers time. Oh boy, it's always numbers <laughs> game, baby. Numbers game. Hero, you go first. All right, uh, I'll be I'll be the one to set us off. I'm not gonna lie to you. This could be nostalgia talking, or you mean it could just be because I have I love '90s anime so much. But uh, w- after like everything we talked about with the music, the the, the just knowing what's going on within the scenes without having to uh, know, you know, without having words being said, and we can know what's being said. I don't it, just the anime was honestly a 10 out of 10 for me. I this is my first 10 out of 10 and I'm happy it's Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> uh I have to agree with you hero. I I I think to myself if I can't find anything wrong with it, I don't see a reason not to give it a 10 and I can't recall for one moment watching this anime thinking to myself this episode sucks, or I don't like this character. I think that's animated weird, or that's out of place. Nothing, nothing shook me from the experience from start to finish, and so I agree. Ten out of ten. Uh, 
all killer, no filler. Woo! I, I, Woo. I'm gonna, we're gonna have, I'm gonna have to agree with y'all. <laughs> it's a classic for a reason, and mm. I'm glad that part of the re- part of why I kind of wanted, we wanted to start this is to see, like, I kind of wanted to be like, do these classics hold up? Are they still classics? Do they still work? Do, are they are they prone to old Atlas style? They were cool in the mid two thousands, but now they're kind of yikes. And I I'm so happy <laughs> that the the first kind of classic one we go back to is it's a cla- it, it holds up holds up a hundred percent. You could watch this today and get as much if not more enjoyment from it than you mm-hmm. could have when it was first released. There's so little like sort of time capsule whiplash that you get with those older shows where you think I can't relate to this because it's old stuff mm-hmm. that doesn't matter anymore. It, but it doesn't rely on mm-hmm. when it came out. It's not referencing pop culture. It's, 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 I think that focus that we talked about on human problems, it's, this, the human problems that existed 25 years ago are still the problems that exist today. You know, people Facts. are going to be dealing with those problems until there aren't humans anymore because they're human problems and <laughs> not like it's not like a situational <laughs> kind of deal. But yeah, it, it's uh, the fact that it it holds up is is great it, it, as well as it does. It's really timeless. It feels like and that's it's it's a true it's a true classic. And I hope that the live action doesn't <laughs> doesn't fuck it up. <laughs> uh, if it if it doesn't, we'll just pretend it doesn't exist like all the other things. Oh, perfect! I <laughs> wait. You mean to tell me that the Death Note live action anime isn't canon? <sighs> I I wasn't gonna bring it up, but <laughs> <laughs> I want my Willem Dafoe Ryuk, please. My, <laughs> my cousin told me that 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 movie was good. I go, are you kidding me? Have you watched Death Note? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh no! Uh, yeah, it's like it's it's anime for people who don't want to watch anime. Facts. Which I hope they don't hope they don't turn this into that. I hope that they keep this kind of. I don't know. We've said it, I've said it five times already. I hope they keep it. I hope they keep it the same, but make it different enough in its own way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I got a bounty on my head, guys. So I got a bail. Oh, spaceships. Oh, uh, actually, I was here to collect that bounty. Oh, well, shit. Uh, it's a cool um, five million wulongs. Don't move. Five? Wow. Wow. That's an increase from the last time I heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wait. There's a period here. Oh, five wulongs. Oh. <laughs> Close that's, enough. That's more like it. That's more like it. Here, I'll buy you a beer. How's that sound? Did that Ooh. work for you? <laughs> <laughs> we'll throw in some fries on the side. <laughs> Sure thing. I'll I'll make beef and bell peppers. Perfect. <laughs> what are you What are you bringing, hero? Otherwise, I'm taking your bounty too. Oh, jeez. Uh, uh, I'm. I got a virtual helmet. Worship this weird <laughs> god. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, while I take these two ruffians secretly to jail, while they were talking about food, I'm out. Bye. <laughs> where, where'd he go? Where'd he go? Uh, I'm time muffin. I'm gone. I'm, uh, <laughs> yells, yells back to the bar. <laughs> I'm I'm Shark Wellington, and I gotta go chase after Time Muffin now. And I'm Hero19X, and we'll see you later, Space Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs>